podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 199, The Pre-Buy Guys with Adam Syke, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Welcome to a special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Today, our guest is Adam Seip of the Pre-Buy Guys and the Airplane Intel Podcast. If you're interested in aircraft ownership, the Pre-Buy Guys are the people you should speak with. They have information, uh, an informational podcast discussing the process of acquiring and owning an aircraft, and that, of course, is at the Airplane Intel Podcast. And there's much more you can learn from that podcast. But before we begin, we have a few announcements. Let's do the pre-flight. Don't forget to visit our sponsor, AviationCareersPodcast.com, for scholarships, career coaching, and interview preparation. Uh, always look towards the Facebook page or our newsletter to receive discounts on all those products and services. Right now, we have a discount through March 17th, 2019. Uh, that's for St. Patrick's Day, of course, my birthday, and I'm pretty excited about that. So I decided to put a coupon out there, and the coupon is SHAMROCK. So type in Shamrock, you'll get 15% off. Remember that scholarships guide is available scholarships for everybody. It's uh, only $10 for a one-year access, and we update it every month. And if you heard on the last uh, podcast, Victoria Newville actually was able to get a uh, scholarship to get her CFI. So it's really, really exciting to, to get these scholarships, not just for careers. Remember, this is for everybody in aviation. Also, don't forget to visit us at Sun and Fun. It's coming up. We're right next to Sunset Grill and Honda Generators uh, between April 2nd and the 7th. But you can actually listen now uh, to events we have all year long, plus the interviews we have from the last Sun and Fun on liveatc.net slash SNF. During the show, you can listen to the live air show. Say you're at home, you live in Lakeland, and you're, you're pretty close to the airport. You're sitting in your hotel, and you want to hear what's going on. You see the airplanes above you. Listen in on liveatc.net slash SNF. You get all the information and listen to interviews throughout the year. Now entering cruise flight. Well, today I'm here again with Adam Seip of the Airplane Intel Podcast. Well, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Exciting having you here. Thanks, Carl. It's great to be here and nice to finally meet you in person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Adam and I actually, full disclosure, we've talked in the past and uh, and Adam is uh, someone who's kind of getting started, was getting started in his career a few years ago as far as outside the military and, and kind of move forward. We're going to talk a little bit about the pre-buy guys and the Airplane Intel Podcast, but I, I love your story, so I'd love to hear a little bit about you and, and what you've done in the past it seems like some pretty exciting stuff in your in your service to the military sure absolutely so i got bitten by the aviation bug like many of us uh, very young i was just a kid I remember going to a lot of air shows i grew up near o'hare airport in chicago so was around airplanes a lot so finally when i was 14 my 14th birthday i was surprised with a with a demo flight in a 172 and that that got me hooked unfortunately though 
you know, I was just a kid and uh, I didn't, didn't have a lot of money growing up. So that kind of got put on the back burner. So anyway, when I was about 17, I started working as a line service uh, line guy uh, at Pewaukee Airport, which is uh, Chicago Executive Airport now. I did that for a little bit and then joined the Marine Corps, uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps, and then ended up going on the F-18 as a crew chief and mechanic and eventually into quality assurance and things. And did that for five years of active duty, three years of inactive. I got my AMP license as soon as I got out. Uh, I went through a little AMP course while I was still in, and I was able to get my license. AMP, by the way, is airframe power plant, which is what you need to be a mechanic on civilian airplanes. So I, I did that pretty much right away and uh, left the military in South Carolina where I was stationed, went back to Illinois, not quite to Chicago. I went to Rockford, which is about 70 miles west of there, and started working on warbirds. So I started working on T-28s, which is a big radial, you know, tr- old trainer from World War II, and then T-38s, which is like an F-5, which is a jet, and then a Russian-built L-39, which is an airplane we see a lot in the air shows, you know, the uh, with the aerobatics and stuff like that. So it's a really, really uh, well-built airplane, and I really enjoyed working on them. And while I was doing that, I started going to school uh, at Embry-Riddle, and I graduated from Embry-Riddle with a bachelor's in aviation technical management, which is kind of like a, a, a business degree mixed with a technical specialty, which in my case was maintenance. And uh, as soon as I graduated, I left the Warbirds and got tired of the cold weather and ended up moving to Florida, where I live now in Orlando, and uh, started working for a major aircraft manufacturer in Orlando at their, at their maintenance service center. So, wait a minute, you said Warbirds, that's way too cool. You know, how did you score that job? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because I was scheduled to, you know, finish my active duty service at a specific date. So, I started lining up uh, job interviews and and all sorts of things, and that was going real well. And then I got extended. My contract got extended. I ended up going on another detachment. And uh, so, I came back, and I literally had a couple weeks to kind of figure out what I was going to do, you know, and uh, I just, I got lucky. I, I started looking at at uh, at uh, some some of the facilities in Rockford, which aren't very many, and I chose Rockford because that's where there was an Embry-Riddle campus. So anyway, I just found this this company that uh, still in business today doing, doing war, Warbirds and uh, specializing now in the L-39 primarily, and I just sent them an email, and I sent them an email with my resume and uh, I had some fantastic advice from some, uh, you know, the military folks. Uh, when you transition out, they help you put a resume together and that sort of thing. So anyway, and uh, I got a, I got a phone interview and a start date right from the phone. So I got pretty lucky, I think, actually. To work on Warbirds, and did you get to go flying them too? I did, actually. Uh, not very often. There's a couple times we would sell them to private owners, and there's one gentleman in particular that wanted some air-to-air footage, so... You know, we took up his L thirty nine, and then I was in the backseat of another running the camera. But uh, anyway, that that was a blast, especially you know formation formation flying close close flying like that. That was that was really neat, and I hadn't experienced anything like that before, not even in the military. So that was awesome. L thirty nine must have been really cool. That's like a, a little old jet trainer. It is, yeah. It's a single engine jet trainer, and it goes about uh, I'm sure somewhere around four hundred knots or so. And the way you know we would buy these airplanes in pieces from. Uh, all over the world, bring them back to the United States, put them back together, refurbish them, 
put new put new avionics in them. We strip out all the old wiring. Put you know because it's all you know Russian wiring that's in there, and uh, we'd fix all the corrosion issues and you know etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, from start to finish, it would take probably nine to twelve months to to turn an airplane around. But uh, really cool airplane, well built. That seems like a pretty short amount of time. I mean, there's especially on a warbird, that's pretty darn quick. It is quick, but the, these airplanes, like I say, they're real well built, and they're designed to be in pieces the way we find them. You know, the fuselage disconnects from the appanage, and the, the wings completely separate with a few bolts. It's pretty interesting. But uh, but we had a good process down. You know, we, we knew what the, uh, what, the, what the market wanted in terms of avionics, and we knew how to get the wiring taken care of right away and, and do the, all the mods for the for the various uh, you know modifications that we were doing like auxiliary fuel tanks and new panels and all this so you know they had a pretty good process down really hard working guys and uh, we worked together as a team and we were able to, to do that successfully well, I'm sure that helped you uh, in landing this job that you have currently, uh, as you say, your day job, where you get to work with a large manufacturer on maintenance yes. and on jets, and uh, that's pretty exciting, I'm sure. It is. absolutely is, and uh, it was one of those, another thing, you know, it's like, as you build your career in maintenance, it's like flying, you know, you hope that the next uh, position is is uh, better than the last, and I, th- I mean, I'm very grateful for all the the roles I've had, but this is at the at this point in my career as a mechanic is uh, you know pinnacle of my career so far. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're really excited to have you here, and I know this is podcasting, so I can't paint this picture, but uh, uh, Adam is a very young individual compared to most of us that fly and also is passionate about aviation and aviation maintenance. Uh, one of the few people I know that has a, a jet engine tattoo on his on his <laughs> forearm here, which I think is the coolest thing. I'd love to put a picture of that in the show notes. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, most of our audience, we're, we're all general aviation flyers, and it's so neat to hear a story about somebody like yourself who uh, is able to use the military, move forward there, and we really appreciate your service in the military. But one of the things that you've gotten involved with and I think is really important to our listeners is the pre-buy guys and getting ready to purchase an aircraft. So we've got a lot to talk about here. One of them is, you know, who are the pre-buy guys? And then we'll go over a little bit about advice uh, as far as purchasing an aircraft. Sure, absolutely, and, and thanks for that feedback. Uh, so the pre-buy guys, it's plural, so there's two of us. That's myself and my who I would consider my mentor, Don, and he's the original pre-buy guy. You know, basically, my understanding of it, any, anyways, is that he invented the you know the term pre-buy or coined it, I should say. And uh, so, anyways, we got together a few years ago. I was geeking out one one day watching YouTube videos um, at the MU2, which is a, a turboprop airplane and uh, for some reason i've always liked that airplane a lot and he he had a video up and his phone number was in the description of the video and and i thought what he was doing really cool he was he was basically showing us the airplane and explaining to us what 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 some of the features were and the cost of ownership and all this sort of thing so i I called him up and i said hey you know i really enjoyed that video i like what you do and i'd be interested to to see if maybe you know i can learn some things from you now I was in Florida at this time, and he, Don, lives in North Carolina. So I made the trip up to North Carolina by car, and uh, met up with him for a few days, and we started brainstorming. Don's an older guy, um, and you know, I think you know I was in need of a, of a good mentor and some kind of uh, looking at the ownership side of aviation and and the cost of ownership and all this sort of thing, and, and doing pre-purchase inspections, which is what we we do. Uh, that's AKA pre-buy. 
And uh, that's very different than maintenance. And it's very different than, you know, scheduled inspections like an annual and so on. It's very different. So anyway, I needed some some training and some background with him from that. And I think he needed some some help pushing out his his services and uh, that's how we ended up with the podcast and so we we traded we bartered a little bit is what i'm saying here so and it's a great podcast really informational so make sure you check it out it's an airplane intel podcast one of the things that i think is important especially for our listeners is to realize you can own an airplane i know it's a daunting task and this will help you uh, getting a pre-buy inspection like you said is much different having owned aircraft in the past it is is one of the most important things you can do as far as maintenance going forward because you know, I've you've seen the horror stories and you've heard them. Uh, you get an airplane and all of a sudden you're you're dumping the same amount of money into the airplane that was the purchase price of the airplane. Yes, and I'm sure you've seen a few of those. It happens all the time, <laughs> unfortunately. So this will hopefully preclude that from happening. Hopefully, yes. uh, and one of the things that I think is a, is important for us as as people that are thinking about buying an airplane and we're just finishing up with our ratings, we've been renting forever, is that yeah, you can do it. But there's somebody that can truly help you, and that's why you look towards somebody like the pre-buy guys. And, and one of the best ways to get to know you folks is through your podcast. And, uh, and one of the things, though, I wanna, I'd, I'd like to – I know it's part of your podcast, but since we're, we're here, let's talk a little bit about some of the general things that are really important to look for during a pre-buy inspection. Sure, absolutely. So a pre-buy is going to be different for every airplane. You know, I mean, I'm saying not just 172s versus a 182. I mean, every airplane literally has a different story to tell. And basically, I look at it as our responsibility to work for you as a buyer to uncover all the facts. It's really an investigation, really, the way I kind of approach it. So the, the pre-buy itself starts from the office. You know, we're, we're doing research on the airplane, pulling records from the FAA, going through the logbooks, going through the airworthiness directives and all, all sorts of things. Because we want to learn as much about the airplane as possible before the buyer invests a lot of time and money going to the airplane, him or herself, or sending myself or Don to the airplane, etc. So, you know, and we're able to find out the ownership history of the airplane, whether there's any liens against the airplane, all the modifications that have ever been done to it since it came out of the factory, as well as any major repairs that have been done to the airplane. So that's a lot of extremely useful and, and helpful intelligence that we can find right away, within a couple hours usually. You know, uh, So and the market moves quickly, especially with uh, four-place singles and six-place single-engine airplanes. The market moves quite fast right now. So... You know, being able to move quickly as a buyer is important. And, you know, so we can, you can call me up and we can talk about the airplane for a little while, kind of go over what the listing says and what the hours on the airplane are and all this, and then uh, come up with a game plan as to how we're going to move forward with the seller. And then in the meantime, I'm pulling the records from the FA. We're getting logbooks together. And uh, so we can turn it around pretty quickly. And you can make a, a go no go decision on the air- aircraft almost within a, a day or two. So you can do a lot of that before you even see the airplane? Absolutely. 
So, and that's an interesting point too. Yes. I mean, you're looking to trade a plane. You're like, gosh, mm-hmm. that looks really cool. Yeah. I send you the end number, and you can do this within a few days. Yes. And and you charge for that, obviously, as mm-hmm. a service. And uh, and believe me, it'll cost you a lot less money than buying an airplane where you have to fix later. Uh, and sight unseen. And I know guys that yep. do it. Believe me, I know folks that sure. do no pre-buy and, and purchase an aircraft cash, and uh, it gets quite interesting afterwards. It does, and you know the the underlying tone really in this whole thing is trying to make you aware of what what you're getting into as the buyer aware of the responsibilities you have as well as the cost of ownership and that's another thing that we're we're looking at essentially during the pre-buy whether we're doing the paperwork stuff or we're physically at the aircraft we're wanting to make sure that we know what the what the maintenance status of the airplane is inspection status and also what the value of the airplane is based on the discrepancies and squawks that we find. And it's really something that uh, you it, it becomes your problem as the owner. When you buy an airplane, everything that's wrong with it is now your problem. And that's a legal, that's a legal responsibility you have as an owner of an airplane. It's not just a you know, hypothetical one. You are legally responsible for an airplane, whether that's paperwork or actual mechanical uh, integrity of the aircraft. And most of the airworthiness squawks that I find and that we find together are paperwork related and not physically, mechanically related. They're paperwork related. And, you know, if you get ram checked or if you get, if the airplane's involved in an incident or accident, that can be the difference between the FAA grounding the airplane or the insurance company denying a claim. And that's true whether it's a 172 or a citation jet. It doesn't matter. It's the same principles. That's an incredibly important point is the paperwork is in, is one of the most important things, especially when you're purchasing an aircraft, even moving forward. You know, there's – okay, so most of us, we've owned cars. Yes. Many of us have owned houses, mm-hmm. and now we're moving on to an airplane. Is there – Anything in my background as a former automobile owner or maybe a house owner that that might affect me negatively when I start looking at purchasing a, an airplane or something that, that maybe from that experience I could glean that, that would actually be a positive influence. So I'm going out there. I do a, a, a you know, like a inspection on a home every time, a homeowner's sure. inspection, yes. that type of thing. It just, it, it seems like there's, there's a whole, and believe me, I've gone down this path with homes, is that there's a whole bunch of things that can happen after the, the inspection. Yes. Uh, so in, is that experience that I've had as that homeowner and the automobile owner, is that something that can be a positive or is there anything that would be negative towards my purchasing an aircraft well there are definitely similarities between aircraft an aircraft purchase and a home purchase or a car so there are similarities there and so that would be kind of a benefit because now you understand that that there's a transaction occurring and one asset is going from one person to another that's good now i would absolutely say that uh, there are like i say similarities between between uh, buying an airplane but Buying an airplane is a lot more like buying a house versus a car. And I would say it's more it's probably more complicated in general than than buying a house even because aircraft are mobile and they're what we would call maintenance on condition. The condition of the airplane is going to be different. And like I said before, a 172 that we find, you know, airplane number 1 over here and a 172 airplane number 2 that's over there they could be the same year, the same everything, but they're going to be completely different from a, a pre-buy perspective and from an ownership perspective because they have a different story to tell. They have different history, and you know they've been maintained in different ways. They've been flown in different ways. So we're trying to, again, you know, uncover some of those 
some of those thoughts so we we have an idea of uh, where to take the pre-buy because it's a the, the pre-buy itself is is customized to that specific aircraft based on its history so one of the ways that I've I've seen this maybe negatively impact an individual owning an airplane, one that owns a house or a farm. I, I used to fly with a lot of farmers in Texas, and okay. many of them did their own maintenance. And uh, then they would come to me for flight instruction, et cetera, and I was like, boy, where are your maintenance records for this? And mm-hmm. and, and the what kind of parts did you use yes. to actually fix this? And yes. Some of those parts were not necessarily aircraft parts i gotcha and uh, so i'm sure you've seen that before oh yes absolutely and that's a big no-no on a certified airplane it, you can't do it that makes that makes the airplane unairworthy right and that's that's an important point sometimes people that have certified aircraft treat them more like experimentals yes it seems yes. and they really shouldn't especially when they go to purchase or sell an airplane yes and the thing the trouble that we come across a lot especially now with the fleet the ga fleet getting older is that a lot of the mistakes that were made were made by owners maybe 20 or 30 years ago so now it's like well, okay so how do we how do we recover some of the paperwork then to prove where this part came from you know and and that's a, another thing that we're going through the records on and and sometimes the records have phone numbers of previous owners and sometimes those phone numbers are good sometimes they're not but sometimes they are and we can learn a lot about the airplane there's a, a case where we were looking at a at a Piper aircraft for a customer. Everything was looking good. It was a uh, you know the the times on the airplane were good in terms of engine time and total time. had had good paint, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everything was looking real good. And then we found a phone number to a, a a prior owner. Called him up and we said, "Hey, you know, we're about to buy your airplane." And he's like, "What do you mean you're about to buy my airplane?" Yeah, we're we're looking at it. We're pre buying it now. We're gonna we're gonna be purchasing it. I think. Well, that airplane was on fire and salvaged so what do you mean you're going to buy that airplane wow you know and so those are you know that's not something that the your typical maintenance shop is going to be looking for when they're doing an annual or something like this you know so that's 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 one example another another example is uh we were doing uh, this is recently went to uh up out towards pennsylvania to do a pre pre buy on a, on a 172 an older one a g model and uh, looking through the logbooks, I noticed that the number two and number four cylinders were being replaced like every two or three hundred hours, which is really unusual. And so I'm thinking, thinking about this, I'm like, what is going on here? And uh, so anyway, we get to the airplane, and I'm flying right seat as a just an observer, as a passenger. And the owner is flying the airplane, and I'm watching him. We get to about three thousand feet, and I'm watching him lean out the mixture, lean and lean and lean and lean and kept leaning, kept leaning, kept leaning. EGT gauge is going up, and I'm like, "That's probably why we're going through cylinders." He's over leaning the airplane, and lo and behold, we landed and opened up the cowl, and uh, the number two cylinder was cracked. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's not only uh, it's the way we operate the aircraft that's important too. Absolutely, and that's another reason. What you know, another another uh, reason why it makes it uh, so different than a lot of other things that we're used to buying. I mean, you know, you and, and why having a pre buy the way the way that we have figured out the best way to do it, where we're test flying the airplane and all this, we get an idea before we even get to the airplane what's going on, what to look for. That's one reason why we test for that airplane and sure enough you know we were our hunches were correct you know in that case so before we scare everybody away from buying an airplane yeah, <laughs> with yeah. all these horror stories yeah. it, with that said it's still worth it to buy an airplane there's there's a lot of misconceptions about maintenance i think a lot of people say there's no way i buy an airplane because there's i'm just afraid of the maintenance well yes that, that's a good point and i'm not trying to scare anyone away my you know basically 
what I want people to understand is that they need to just be educated about what they're doing. And, and unlike buying a house or a car, more like a house, I suppose, you need to have a team of people working with you while you're going through the purchase. You know, it's important to have a good mechanic that you know is going to be able to maintain the airplane. It's good to have a good you know, insurance person, a good finance person if you're going to be put, taking a loan out on the airplane, your flight instructor, etc. As many people on your team as you can to ensure that your transaction is successful. And, you know, buying an airplane is absolutely worth it. There are great airplanes out there and uh, that's fine. You know, my, my advice would be not to get too emotionally attached to one airplane, especially early on, because that's, that's something we see a lot is people get attached to one airplane. They trust the seller and you know, sometimes it works out great, other times it doesn't. But the, really realize that there are lots of great airplanes out there. So if what doesn't work out on one, there will be another one that it will. You know, and that's that's important too. And 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 one last point is that knowing which airplane you're, you're going to be you know, narrowing down that list of airplanes from maybe three or four different makes and models to a single make and model that'll make the process a lot easier for you as well. Can you help with that? I mean, you know, trying to figure out what what is best for my needs. Absolutely. So we have a, you know, we have a little worksheet where you can kind of tell us what your mission is, and we can work together to narrow down a make and model aircraft. We can also do side by side comparisons on on the different makes and models to help to help the prospective buyer get a clear idea of what airplane is going to fit his mission better. That sort of thing. So absolutely. So I don't know if you want to talk about it, but uh, how about cost to some individuals who's listening right now that's looking at doing a pre-buy and send you the end number? Sure. So if, you know it's going to vary because we do pre-buys on single-engine airplanes as well as uh, jet aircraft. But let's just say, for for argument's sake, that we're talking about like a single-engine you know airplane, a piston airplane. The uh, cost of pulling the FAA records, we do that flat rates, two hundred bucks, and uh, we, you know we we order them, we get them within a couple hours, we send a copy to the buyer, uh, and then we go over them together, and we writing you know we write out a squawk list, and we can use that to move forward uh, with the next phase, uh, and then we would go you know if everything looks good and, and the buyer's happy with what what we find out, then we would go ahead with the logbooks. Most of the time, logbooks are available digitally through PDF or photos or what have you. We can also do a video conference with the owner if, if the records are not available otherwise. And uh, we start going through those. That would typically run anywhere between uh, three and 400 bucks to do that. It depends. I mean, it could be pretty extensive. Some of these logbooks is hundreds and hundreds of pages. So, uh, it, But that would be in general. And then uh, we have a couple of other options for executing the actual pre-buy itself. Uh, one option is called what we call a virtual pre-buy. So if, if you, the prospective buyer, happens to live close to the aircraft that you're looking at or, or you know, you have no problem going to the airplane, you can go to the airplane and then we'll get on video conference together uh, and, and we can have as many, you know, you can have your flight instructor and your wife and whoever else you want to get on, on the video call and we can all look through the airplane together and we would coach you then, the owner or the prospective buyer, as to what to look for and what we would be doing if we were there. So that, that, that we charge $395 to do that. And other, you know, then if, if you were to send myself or Don to the airplane, again, depending on the airplane, but generally speaking, about $795 per day usually takes one and a half to two days for, for a single-engine airplane to go through it completely and test flight and, and, and all that, and then plus the travel expenses to get to the aircraft. So that sounds uh, to some people expensive. Believe me, I've been through a lot of pre-buy inspections, and it's well worth the cost. Uh, this is something you you 
you touched on before, don't get emotionally attached to an airplane because I've gone down that route and all of a sudden something came up in a pre-buy and the guy said, don't buy it. And I was like, oh my God, I can't. I've already fell in love with this airplane. Yes. And he said, there's other airplanes out there. Yes. <laughs> and there are. I yes. know. I get it. But it's hard. It's hard to detach yourself. <laughs> it is. It is hard. And, and, you know, and whether it's us or, or your mechanic, you know, whoever you decide to help you through the purchase process, get them involved as early as possible. And that way you would you'd probably reduce the chances of getting too emotionally attached to an airplane. So if I'm somewhere uh, like in the middle of Iowa and I'm looking at a plane in, in California and you're here in Florida, we can do this? Yes, absolutely. Technology is amazing. It, it is amazing. And just through like a virtual pre-buy. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there is, uh, just to mention, and we'll have a link to it on our website uh, at stuckmygavcast.com underneath this episode where you do a virtual pre-buy as an example on yes. YouTube. So yes. I think it's a 172 or something you want. Yes, through. that's correct. And uh, and that's a really good example of that pre-buy. It's uh, it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but it's very educational. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's right, that's right. And, but uh, it, it's great. It was incredibly informative, That that's yeah. for sure. Um, one of the things that I, I think is important, too, to us is as owners – I'm not a mechanic. Um, every airplane that I've owned or partnered with, there's been a mechanic in the mix. Okay. So now I'm looking at buying one and going out on my own. Boy, I'm scared. Yeah. Well, again, you know, the more you educate yourself early on, the better. And 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 finding that that mechanic, you know, early on in the process before you buy the airplane is is really important because a lot of people overlook that part. You know, they get the financing in order and the insurance, and they get the pre buy done and all this, and then they get back to the airport and then something happens and they don't know who to call, you know, because uh, typically with the pre-buy, we get a lot of things corrected before the airplane's sold. It's negotiated as part of the sale. And so maybe the airplane doesn't need anything for a while, you know, and then, and then you know, right before annual inspection or, or whatever the case may be, something pops up, they need a mechanic. They don't, they don't know who to call. So having someone preferably as local to you as possible uh, that you can trust, whether it's a shop or or um, or you know an, an independent mechanic or what have you, that's really important, and it makes the you know makes life a lot e- easier for you then. You know? So, is that something that you can help us with that are thinking of buying a, an airplane to find a local mechanic? Sure, we can help you find a local mechanic. We have a network of people that uh, that we work with as well, but also you know we can help you like you know especially if it comes to like a larger maintenance shop uh we can help you kind of figure out if if the shop is uh is a good shop to be working with a reputable shop well adam we've gone through the pre-flight and pre-purchase i should say we're ready to go and you say it's good buy it for this price or Mm -hmm. or in this range and and we do it now what now we're owners of the aircraft and this is the scary part is now i have to pay the checks for the maintenance now what happens i mean what what uh go over a little bit about maybe how you can help us and also what some of the 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 challenges or or things that people don't realize about aircraft maintenance when they own an aircraft Sure, you know, and the thing that's most challenging about aircraft maintenance is it's unpredictable, and also parts tend to be more expensive than you know what you might be used to in a car. Now that doesn't mean it's it's impossible or by any stretch of the imagination. It just means you got to be smart with how you budget budget your 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 funds, and uh, we can we can. Before and after the purchase, we can do what, you know, we have our own coaching program, similar, uh, where we can get on the phone or on, on video conference and help you through any, any issues that you might be having, any questions that might come up, and so on and so forth. Usually, though, you know, most of our folks are, are pretty up to speed by the time they actually make the purchase, and, uh, you know, 
you know, which, this is a good thing. We don't hear from him again, you know, for the most part. You know, that that means it was successful, you know. But um, but like I said, we can offer the uh, the, the post-purchase support, if you will, you know, uh, part of our coaching program as well. Yeah, and that's really important because that uh, the great thing about the coaching, obviously on my other show, Aviation Careers Podcast, we do career coaching, is that uh, within just an hour you can glean so much information from somebody who yes. has a lot of knowledge, you know, and that, like, like you folks. Um, going forward, though, with this, say, gosh, you know, I'm thinking about um, – you know, maintenance and, and keeping track of this. I, I don't have time, you know, mm-hmm. what, a, what's, how do I, you know, satisfy that concern? Like I, I understand there's a lot of paperwork involved. Sure. Well, you know, you know, we get a lot of the paperwork stuff squared away during the pre-purchase phase of, of everything. And by that, I mean, you know, we get things organized, we find missing documents and then, you know, we can basically help you get everything or in a, you know just keep keep everything organized you know for you now you know when we're dealing with a simple airplane 172 that's owned and flown by the owner and you know it's not going to a club and you know it's it's very simple kind of ownership arrangement you know it's really there's really not a lot to do um, you know you just got to stay on top of of the re- recurring ADs airworthiness directives as well as your required inspections and uh, that's really it. And that's something you can budget for in your in your as a direct ownership cost. You know your your maintenance reserves and your engine reserves, that sort of thing. And uh, th- I mean that's pretty much it. It's it's easy to keep track of the aircraft's flight logs and all this through through paper, pen and paper on a spreadsheet, like you've been doing probably as, you know going through training. It's the same thing. There's really it's not as complicated as most people think it is. You know, uh, especially if it's owner flown under Part ninety one. A lot of folks that own their own airplane do their own preventative maintenance, and uh, that's something many people don't realize that they can do, especially new pilots. So, right. um, what are some of the things that I can do to save money as a as a pilot that owns an aircraft? Sure. So there's a list that the FAA has that's uh, a pretty good list, I think, a pretty straightforward, easy to read, easy to understand. And uh, anyway, some of the things that you can do would be, you know, you can change your own oil and your own oil filter. You can replenish any of the fluids. Uh, if you have a retractable gear airplane, you can replenish hydraulics and all this. Uh, you can you can do spark plug maintenance. So remove spark plugs, uh, check the gap on them and all this, reinstall them or replace them. Uh, you can do that. You can do tire changes. I mean, anything that doesn't involve any kind of complex disassembly, uh, you can do legally as the owner of the airplane. That's the trick, though. You need to be a, a, a private pilot and you need to be the owner of the aircraft. And with that said, another thing, and you've probably run into this, you have to be careful about your own airport and FBO rules, too, as far as doing a certain amount of maintenance. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've probably seen that before where uh, I know in the past some people have gotten in altercations with the local airport, yes. uh, either the council or the, the FBO. Yes. Uh, so what are some of those things to look for there? I mean, how do you find out what those are? Well, I mean, it's as simple as making a phone call or sending an email. You can find out who who the manager of the FBO is. Uh, basically, if you're if you're purchasing an airplane and you're at your home airport, chances are you, you know who some of the folks are that that uh, are at the FBO. Alternatively, you know you can call the air, airport manager if it's a smaller airport or, or a really large airport like a Class D airport like like uh, Orlando Executive or here. You know the. Uh, you can call the airport manager and get permission because a lot of the times you run into 
issues with the airport authority, you know, like for example, in Orlando, we're part of, we're not actually in Orlando International Airport, but we're part of the, what's called GOA, the Greater Orlando Airport Authority. So we have to get permission from them to become an authorized offender, you know, for example. Now, that's not going to be too big of an issue for you as the owner, so long as you, if you have a tie-down or a T-hanger, you just find out what the FBO primarily that owns all the tie-downs or, or the T-hanger or what have you, what they would like you to do i mean it shouldn't be too much of a problem it's usually in your lease too (laughs) and you have to look at that and i know um people sometimes get get run off the airport or get some nasty grams when they start doing their own maintenance and uh sometimes and and honestly a lot of us uh don't have time for that Uh, a lot of us have jobs and we just can't do the maintenance it's wonderful to have a mechanic as a partner that's for sure absolutely but uh many of us don't and uh, we have our own airplanes so uh, one of the things with aircraft ownership, we talk a little bit about clubs for a second too, co-ownership and clubs, is that we really want to keep that airplane running. And uh, I've I've found over the decades of flight instructing is that the schools that do better, the clubs that do better, have the ability to maintain their aircraft quickly. If something breaks at a flight school that there's a maintenance shop in, that's going to be great. That's a wonderful situation. Whereas mm-hmm. the other situation where you have a school or a club, it's a co-ownership where there is no maintenance around, it's going to sit for a while. It could, especially if you're at a more remote airport, yes. And one of the things that, that really is important to do is make that partnership, I find, with a mechanic that's especially on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's obviously something that you can do you yes. know, and help us there. Um, just one of the th- again, going back to this maintenance, it shouldn't scare people off. No. And, and, and it does with a, a lot of folks. It's just my advice, and hopefully you'll agree with this, is, is don't go in over your head. If you're, you've never owned an airplane before, don't start high. Don't jump in the L thirty nine right now. Right. You might want to stick with you know get the one seventy two kind of move up from there and understand what it's like. Yes, there is a progression. I would say in ownership, just like there is one with flying, uh, there's a progression. And you know, just because let's say hypothetically, let's say your budget's a hundred thousand dollars, that doesn't mean spend ninety five thousand on an airplane. That probably means spend forty five or fifty thousand dollars on an airplane and have that cash in reserve for unexpected items that might arise in the short term and uh, you know whatever that might be you know airplanes are unpredictable and even even though an airplane engine might have a tbo of 2000 hours it may or may not make it to that it may go beyond it anyway just have some reserve money you know be be realistic with uh, with what your budget is so with that said, too, um, I'm trying to figure out as a new owner, I know there's lots of websites out there. AOPA has some yeah, good information. Absolutely. Uh, as far as the maintenance, I know I hear this term, maintenance reserve. Um, how much do you, should I you know, hold in reserve money-wise? That's always a mystery to me. Sure. So really it's going to depend on what the time between overhaul is on, on the engine. This is how I do it. Let me digress. This is how, how I would recommend doing it. So you figure out what the time between overhaul is on the engine, say 2,000 hours. Okay. So now we say, and AOPA and, and others have good resources to give us an idea of what an overhaul cost uh, would be for, for an airplane. So let's say for a 172, it might be $25,000. So now we take that 25000 and we divide that into the 2,000-hour TBO, and now we have a cost per hour. And we can use that and then say, now, for every hour that, I f- that the airplane engine is running, I put that many dollars away uh, in, a, in a savings account, and that's it. 
I like what you you started with too. Is that you could always put that amount if you have it in reserve. Period. You could knowing what the overhaul is and just keep it there. Just keep it. Let it let it gain interest, etc. Yeah, exactly. Um, The other thing too, you know, again, I've been involved in. Uh, clubs, et cetera, where we've broken airplanes. Okay, one, it was a 1A2RG, forgot to put the gear down. That was an expensive day. Yes. Uh, And it became even more expensive because what happens then is you all get together and say, well, you remember those things we wanted to add to the airplane? Why don't we do it now while it's in the shop? So mm-hmm. something that could cost you forty goes up to 65000 very quickly. Right, and so, right. And it's what happened to us, too. And mm. But the good thing is we had those funds in reserve, and we've been saving up for many years. So we're like, hey, let's get it done. Let's put the insulation in that we want. Mm. Uh, and then going to the other instance where we've uh, you know we've had a prop strike and, and lost okay. a piece of the prop. Uh-huh. That got it really expensive, too. Did not realize that that, was, you know, that could get very expensive in a piston aircraft, couldn't it? It could. It can get expensive. <laughs> it also gets complicated because uh, when we see most retractable gear airplanes on the market, most of them have had a gear planning in their life. You know, no problem. That's not a deal breaker. But making sure that all the paperwork is there and all the log entries are there and the signatures are right and everything else, uh, that could be the deal breaker. And that goes back to what I said at the beginning of most of the squawks we find are paperwork related because you know something was not done properly and in aircraft maintenance this is important to know for anyone especially pilots you know in aircraft maintenance if it wasn't documented it wasn't done right so yeah that's that's that yeah if it's not on paper it didn't happen exactly and uh, i know that's uh, what we say in the airline world if if we didn't write it in the log books it actually didn't break <laughs> uh, not that it isn't broken it's just <laughs> the it physically has to be written in the the log book to officially be be broken and uh and and also be become fixed you know you have to have nice. it in the log book yes. to have it haven't been fixed you can't just uh, change that light bulb yourself absolutely it has to be, and and it can happen and, and especially in the airline world a light bulb can break and you can go nowhere yeah if it's not documented properly that's absolutely uh, correct and, and not to you know that that's a little dramatic i mean it's easy to document that in the airline sure but, sure <laughs> but but you know we can mel it that type of thing right, but you right. have to understand that you know whatever it is you're involved with that's for sure in an aircraft um one of the things that's really cool about you is that you, you seem pretty darn excited about aviation you're you're a pilot Yes. Yeah, you're. Uh, you got your flight instructor certificate. Not, not quite. You're gonna I'm get it on though. that. Yeah, working yeah. on that one. I'm pretty excited about months. that. Yes. And uh, and also involved in this, you know, world of aviation entrepreneurship. I mean, it's uh, you really bit off a lot. That's for sure. It, it, at such a young age, which I'm excited about. It is. It is a lot sometimes, but uh, but like I said, I love it. And uh, this is. I, I'm just grateful that I'm even able to be around airplanes at all. You know, let alone make that a career. So. Anyway, yeah, it's it's worth every second. So, and this has been great. The fact that you've uh, you're in Orlando, we're here in Lakeland, and you were able to fly over in a 172. Uh, you, you you know you do live the life uh, of a pilot. That that's for sure, and that's absolutely terrific. And uh, you're able to take your job as as a, a mechanic on larger jet aircraft and and use that experience and put it towards this pre buy inspection business that you have, and also the Airplane Intel podcast. Uh, is there anything else as far as uh, things that you folks offer um, that as far as main is concerned, et cetera, that you know, our, our listeners might want to know about any resources on the internet and where they can find you on the internet. Sure. So, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Carl, Airplane Intel Podcast is our podcast. You can find that on, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We have uh, some of the audio available on YouTube, as well as our website, which is airplaneintelpodcast.com. 
and we basically put a lot of show notes. So you know, we spend like like you, we put a, spend a lot of time putting show notes together with links and photos and extra videos and that sort of thing. Uh, that's really your best place to start if you're thinking about buying an airplane, even remotely thinking about it. It's a good place to start. We have a lot of great interviews with owners of airplanes, with industry experts, and of course, a lot of our own you know stories and input from from our experience. So anyway, that's a great place to start. And then, uh, you know, if you wanted to to talk to me personally more about uh, about prebuys or about an airplane you're interested in, you can just go to airplaneintel.com, and uh, we do a 30 minute free consult consultation with you there. Uh, so that, that those are those are good places to start. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it, I think. Awesome, and it, it is just so exciting to see somebody who, like I said, has come up through the ranks and uh, in, in the military and, and is really excited about aviation. This isn't just a job for you. This is a passion. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> you, you got that right. So, you know, Adam site we really appreciate your flying over here for the Stuck Mike Avcast and gleaning information about aircraft ownership. It's something that you can do if you're thinking about it. They can help. Thinking of a partnership, etc. You do have a, a whole background and also people that you can reach out to to help us, whether it's from the legal standpoint, the maintenance standpoint, and what to do going forward from a consulting standpoint. They can help through the coaching services also. So we really appreciate you coming here. And uh, one of the things that I'd I, I love to say to, to everybody is you know get out there and do something do, do you know, go fly today i mean yes. go have some fun uh hang out in airplanes etc and and be with people like adam who are passionate about airplanes because you're going to learn something that's for you and i've learned a lot just in this conversation we really really appreciate your coming out here adam well thank you carl it's been a pleasure hope <laughs> to come back again soon well we, we can't wait to have you back on if you have questions for adam stuck mike avcast at gmail.com we'll forward them over to adam and the folks at the pre-buy you can also go to their website and check out the airplaneprebuy.com and also the Airplane Intel podcast easy to find on uh, YouTube and also Stitcher and uh, you know one of the things that's interesting about this it's really the only podcast out there that I know of that just is specifically for for aircraft purchasing and maintenance that's uh, and you're doing a a great job on that so we'd love to have you back on again absolutely thank you Carl (laughs) well thank you and and don't forget to check out the stuckmikeavcast.com for all the information all the links that we have for the airplane pre-buy guy and uh, and again if you're looking for a scholarship to get a new rating there's a, a great place to go aviationcareerspodcast.com and don't forget to use that coupon shamrock coupon code gets you 50 percent off the ten dollar scholarships guy that's going to give you for eight dollars and fifty cents and there's many more things we do there well we'll talk to you next episode safe flying You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production. Thank you.